This is the Mouthpiece Podcast. And we got to get into Josh Taylor versus Ramirez. And another week of just calling fights, I think, pretty damn good. And another week of good good bets. I'm just telling you, I'm on a run here. It has to be appreciated. And I'm going to say it because someone's got to pat me on the back. Who's patting me on the back? No one's patting me on the back but me. So I'm going to pat myself on the back because I'm doing damn good. Here, I'm on a run. But let's get into what happened here. Let's break down what happened to Josh Taylor and Ramirez. And Josh Taylor was himself. He really was. He was himself. And it's hard. Even if you have the skills to do a certain thing, right, you are always going to be what your personality is, what your upbringing is, what your mentality is. And Josh Taylor's mentality is aggressive. It just is. And even though he has the skills to be a better boxer, he has the skills to be better defensively, he has the skills to pick his shots. And not saying that he doesn't do some of those things, but he just doesn't he's not the kind of guy that's just gonna sit back. He really isn't. He's not the kind of guy that's gonna sit back. He's the kind of guy that's gonna try to create the openings. And that's what he did with Jose Ramirez. And Jose Ramirez got off. It's interesting, like you think uh people are saying like Progress or, you know, the other fighters that are fought uh Josh Taylor and you would be like, well, they didn't get dropped twice, right? By Josh Taylor, so they must be better than Ramirez. And that's not that's not how this works, right? That's not that's like you call it MMA math or boxing math. That doesn't work that way. And a lot of things why you know Josh Taylor was effective, and a lot of things why Ramirez was effective, because they're two guys that are hundred percent confident in what they do. They are hundred percent confident and when they go in the ring, they know who they are. And when you know who you are, you're hundred percent you could go in there and, and use all your offense, all your um your weapons and all your tools to get the job done and you believe that they are going to work 100%. And you go in there, you don't believe it, right? And then a guy makes you not believe in what you're doing. You are not going to be able to do that. So when a guy fought like Josh Taylor, right? And there were guys that they didn't get dropped or anything like that. Well, they didn't have the confidence when they fight Josh Taylor. Ramirez has the confidence to stay in there. He has the confidence to say, well, I'm going to keep applying minds. And that's why he got hit because he was thinking, I don't care what he's bringing. I'm so damn confident. I'm going to bring what I have to bring to the game, right? And, and if you hear the, my dog barking, I apologize. I'm just gonna, I got to muscle through it. It's 1046. I have to be up at 5 in the morning. I got to muscle through this podcast. I really do. But I got to get it out there. And so so Jose Ramirez believes in himself. He believes in what he brings to the table. And that caused him to be in a position either to win the fight or to lose, you know, or or lose in an impressive fashion. Is he going to win in an impressive fashion or lose in an impressive fashion? And he lost, and he got dropped twice, and there was no controversy with the ref, even though Kenny Bayless was terrible that whole fight. I'm going to give it to you. Kenny Bayless was terrible. He was lost the whole fight. He was a mess. He was scattered. <clears throat> he looked like he was unsure of what he was doing. Um, but I, there were points where Kenny Bayless told him to break, up, uh, break it up, and Jose Ramirez was still working, right? He was still landing body shots still. So there was a, there was a tone set. And Jose Ramirez slipped up at one point, and Josh Taylor made him pay for it. And that, that, that's all fair. You know what I mean? Like, remember, uh, remember when Victor Ortiz was hugging Floyd, and Floyd knocked him out cold. Okay, the, these are the um, – and that, was, that wasn't as egregious to me than, as, as, as that was. So, uh, to me, that's all fair. I don't think it's really in controversy. I think Josh Taylor put on a beautiful performance and a decision that he, he kind of barely got and needed those knockdowns, which it wasn't. The fight wasn't, to me, that close. So that was a pretty wide margin. I thought Josh Taylor basically owned 
if they split the first few rounds, he owned the second half of the fight with, you know, two knockdowns. And now we have to talk about, you know, Josh Taylor, where does he go from here? Because he seems to be in a very good position. He seems to be in a position either for Teofimo Lopez as Teofimo moves up after uh, uh, Cambosos, or he's there for Terrence Crawford, who needs an opponent, who top rank can't seem to get an opponent. And now it's Terrence Crawford seeing that Manny Pacquiao's fighting Earl Spence, you know, and they have one fight left on their deal. It seems like Josh Taylor would be, you know, a good choice for that fight. It seems like Josh Taylor is up from moving to moving to 147 to, fo- to follow the... You know, last undisputed champion at 140, Terrence Crawford. And I've seen people, they're already, you know, saying Josh Taylor, you know, gets smoke in that fight. He will not. He's Josh Taylor is as skilled as anyone in boxing right now. He is as talented as anyone in boxing right now. Now, if he gets hit, yes. But that's because of his mentality, right? That's like saying, like, um, you know, I'm trying to think of, like, Mike Tyson got hit. Evander got hit. Now, that doesn't mean that, you know, just because they got hit doesn't mean that they weren't elite fighters. It just means that their mentality puts them in the line, uh, puts them in the, you know, in in front of their opponent, right, to get hit because he's so confident that what he's bringing is better than what you're bringing. But there were elements of Josh Taylor that I did see that were, you know, a little bit different. He was a little bit more patient, um, especially at the end, you know, towards the, se- I mean, the second half of the fight. I feel like... He got better after, you know, maybe I point, there was a point of the fight, right, where I thought, I'm like, oh, man, like, he's winning, but is he wearing down? And I thought that that may have done uh, better for him, honestly, of him, the of the fact that he may have been, you know, slowing down a little bit, that he it allowed him to be calmer with his offense. He wasn't like, it felt like he was kind of like pushing shots, and then suddenly he just started letting the offense flow because he didn't have, like, the energy to be as tense as he was, and sometimes you got to fall into the game the you know your fight you got to fall into it you got to it's like running it's like you're getting your legs you know they're trying to get catch the rhythm and he caught the rhythm of it and once he did he took control of the fight and i think that ben davidson worked with him on being a little more patient in, pick, in picking spots right he still has aggression he still 100 percent believes in his offense but he's picking his spots a, a, a lot a lot better than than i've seen in previous fights and i thought that he kind of, you know, he still got hit, but he still he avoided danger when he could. He really did. He avoided danger when he could. Now go to Jose Ramirez, and he showed me things. You know, he showed me things too. He had he had the uh, some countering shots. Uh, when he got on the inside, he really made Josh Taylor pay. When he got up against the ropes, he really made him pay. Jose Ramirez to me is uh, he lost the fight, but to me he's still right there. Like. He's going to be right back at 140 at the top. Like, he will be, even if he said, like, let's go rematch this fight. Now, I don't want to see an immediate rematch. I like to see Jose Ramirez get another win, build himself back up. But he will be at the right there for a, a title shot. Again, 140. He's, he's, a good, he's a damn good fighter. And it, to me, it's like his talent really showed in this fight. Even though he lost, and this is what happens. This happens in boxing all the time. It's like... You know, you lose, and it's easy to say, like, well, he lost. He's a lesser fighter. And it's like, yeah, but you, I saw things in there from him. They could show me that there there might be another level of reach or the fight might play out different if they did it again, right? It might, I saw it. I can't say, like, 100%. Oh, Ramirez was, you know, 100% schooled. He wasn't schooled. He was just, he was bested, right? He was bested by a better fighter that night. But there was things in there that I saw that I'm like, he's 
it's going to be tough for a lot of guys to beat. It's not, he's, not a, he's not a guy where it's like, okay, he's figured out now. He's not that. And I think that that's a pay to rematches right there. And I think that's a, a good fight for him to get, you know, back on the winning right and get his confidence. And it's a tough fight and it's not a for sure fight. And Cepeda, who I think kind of needs a challenge, right? And he needs a guy to kind of come forward and a guy that, you know, is an actual test. Because Cepeda, to me, he fights the level of his competition. And it has to do a lot with his style because he's more of like a counter puncher. He's not more of an initiator. He's more of a reacting type of guy, right? He more he more wants to react, and Jose Ramirez wants to attack. So they're they're perfect for each other. It's gonna be a good fight. It's gonna be an entertaining fight. I think Jose Ramirez might win more effectively this time, right? I think he's still putting tools to his game, and I think even this fight, the loss to Josh Taylor, is gonna bring more out of his game. I don't think he's done here. I don't think. I think we're gonna see more of him. Josh Taylor going to go, if he goes to Terry Crawford, Tiafim Lopez, he's in a really good spot. Those are, everyone's chasing these guys. You know what I mean? And he has the, cho- he's going to have a choice here of who he wants. And if he has a homecoming fight, you know, so be it. Um, you know, he's had tough fights. I don't, I don't, I really kind of want to get back away from that model. It's like you have a tough fight, get an easy fight or whatever. I kind of don't think, you know, I think get paid when, well, you can in these big fights, but it's just, it was, it, it was a great night, a great fight. It was the talent that I thought Josh Taylor had. I wasn't surprised by his performance. Um, he was durable, as he's shown to be, and there was a little more tool. There was a little more tools there in the shed than there there, there was before. And I think you have to give Ben Davidson his credit and people that discredit him. I don't know the takes I, I hear from like boxing Twitter and just people like that call himself you know like you know like I'm a boxing opinion opinionist. That's why I call myself right, and that's why I think everybody really is. And I see him there like, oh, Ben Davidson isn't doing much. He's just getting the right fight. It's like, how many coincidences could there be? How, how come good fighters are going to him? You know, he must be doing something right. And it's like, why are we so negative always on these things? Like, hey, listen, he every time he seems to touch a fighter, they get better. In my opinion, I mean, he gets better. And we were talking about Billy Joe doing better than we thought against Canelo. He, he has something to do with that, too. And Tyson Fury, Dante Wilder won. You know, he boxed an excellent fight. Why, why can't we give credit for that? Why do we want to take from that? Why are we so negative? Everybody's so damn negative about stuff. I don't get that. Let's go to... Oh, I talked about the co-main events. Uh, Cepeda. It was his best performance. It was kind of like what I thought. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, he's not the most explosive guy. Uh, he's not the... You know, he doesn't like... You know, he doesn't... Nothing about really his game wows you. But if you get him against a high-level opponent a tough opponent, he will rise to the challenge. And he has his whole, his, basically his whole career. He's done that his whole career, his rise to the challenge. Topper's got to put the right guy in front of him. And if you put the right guy in front of him, he's going to be look better than he looked in this fight. And this fight is kind of like an unfair judge because he dominated the fight. He really did. I mean, did he get close to stopping him? No, but he won every round. You know, did Lundy do better than most people thought he was going to do? Well, I told you that was going to happen because Lundy's has some abilities to him. You know what I mean? He's not like a guy that's going in there with no abilities, no tools. He has tools. He has abilities. He has confidence. He has experience. And that's what he used to not, I don't know, keep the fight close, but to be keep it somewhat competitive. Yeah, he had that. Now, something wrong with his legs? Yeah, I saw that going in. That was weird. It looked like his, his back his back leg was super unstable. I don't know what that was, uh, that age or an injury or something, but I, I knew this fight would be close and that over 
over round Cepeda would, you know, pull it out and pull through. Um, another thing that happened on the card was Alvis loss. Um, and that was a, that was a, that was a big upset, but I, I, I don't know why, um, Sims was like such a big underdog and that big of an underdog in the fight. Cause he obviously has skills. Like it's just sometimes the odds makers, I think they just get lazy with it and he he wasn't that big of an underdog like even when i read it i was just like well, I, I thought alvis would win but i didn't break it down but i just thought he would win just on paper but i thought like oh that should be like a competitive fight it's a definitely better than like i think it was like man i think it was like plus 1000 or plus i think it was like plus 1000 on that and that's like landslide that's like a landslide victory so yeah i don't know sometimes i feel like you just uh Osmaker's just looking at names and if it's a computer generating it it's just like i don't know i don't know because sims has been tough his basically his whole career and was alvis's like biggest test to date so him losing that fight and mass upset um yeah i don't know he has a hard time starting offense he's very good like when you're coming towards him but if you're like kind of counterpunching with him he has a really hard time setting up his offense which is weird because he has freddie roach and freddie roach you know it's like the person to like get you going getting more aggressive setting up uh creating offense and he just he can't do that he's just not as in the mentality not as the way he fights he's very talented but that's a big part of your game to be missing it's a huge part of your game to be missing the ufc we had uh font over garbrandt garbrandt and um font didn't get the knockout in this fight but he did knock garbrandt out of his style he knocked him out of what Garbrandt does best. As soon as Garbrandt felt that power, he wanted nothing to do with the rest of the fight, and he got his bicycle. So that is a KO. To me, like that was a KO. Because he KO'd at him out of any any strategy that Garbrandt had, anything that he, his ability was best place for his ability, he no longer was there. He took him out of it, and then he started landing heavy jabs, and it just really took Garbrandt out of his game. And I, what I did notice is Garbrandt did get a few takedowns. And he was effective when they had to get up. When 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 Font would, um, you know, pop up, Garbrandt, because he's very, like, compact and he's very balanced and he's very quick, he, he was able to land some decent shots while Font was popping back up. And I thought, like, well, maybe they'll go back to that. Like, I'm like, maybe this is uh, something that opened up in the fight that they maybe they planned or they didn't plan, but they just see the strategy. And they're like, oh, you could take him down. Because they were he was taking him down. He took him down twice, kind of with ease. And he just never went back to that. And I'm just thinking that when you get hit like that, it's like, the, you know, the, the cliche thing now, but Tyson said that everybody's got a plan until they hit in the face. And it's kind of what happens. Garbrandt got hit. And he, I remember I told you, okay, what did I say going into this fight? That he's mentally weak, right? And that, what I meant was, like, he can't control his aggression. But what I did see in this fight was, like, a fighter that's lost before and knows losing. And in that fight, the performance he gave, I thought he knew he was accepting the loss. Like, he accepted it. And he accepted, like, he accepted the survive. Like, I'm going to survive this fight. I did not. I did think there were points and rounds where he did not try to win. Now, did he have some success late in the fight? Yes, but um but i'm not sure i think that was kind of like font put himself in that position right and but i don't think that garbrandt ever really put himself in a position to win after he kind of felt the first time he felt power and i believe those hard jabs kept him in that mode where to never get the mentality to be like i'm gonna really go at this guy 
in the co in the co-main event you had uh, Esparza um versus let me see right now this is gonna sound like an excuse right but like my dog did tear this thing up he just ripped us to shreds so well Carlos Esparza fought I can't I can't remember Jan if she fought Jan I can't remember her last name Exonian or something like that but I thought I picked Jan to win the fight because she was just more aggressive uh a better striker for sure more aggressive and I thought that she would Get taken down in this fight. I was. I did say that. I think she, think she would be taken down, but I thought that she would be able to, you know, pop up, and the shots that she landed would be way more, you know, uh, effective and flashier than what Carlos Baza was going to do on the ground. I was. I was wrong about the part where she was going to get back up because she didn't get back up, and we had to start looking at that, especially uh, the the fighters from China, MMA fighters. They have a hole in their game, and it's going to be the ground and defending takedowns and getting back up from from getting put down to the ground. And Carlos Baza just exposed that on Jan. Um, once you got to the ground, it was it was game over. And Carlos Baza is on a, been on been on a big fight, win, a big winning streak, and she has to be close to a title shot soon. And she's another one of those journeymen to get this work worked her way to this spot to get to a title shot. And she looks good. She looks sharp, and. It, this is the thing about the UFC, the model, like, that works. It's like, they allow the fighters to determine the storyline. They don't try to control the storyline. They don't try to control the narrative. And they just have the best fight the best. And when you have that, and it's, you know, it, sometimes it's not fair, but most of the time it is fair, right? Where it's just like, who's next? You want to fight someone higher ranked than you or someone close to rank to you, you'll get the opportunity. Well, as far as that, it works for her. It's working for her. And she's being everyone they put in front of her now. And she's worked her way up. And maybe if the you know it was like a model or like a promotion, no one would ever put the money behind her. But because it's a system that's fair to basically everyone, right? This is the stories you get. Charles Oliveira, you get these stories where someone works their way up to a title shot. And I think she's there. I think she's earned it. Now, if they're making a fight with one person, sure. But I think she's right there at the cusp of it, at least. And this is where, this is where you see... That how the UFC how they uh, match their things and how the rankings and all that they, it works and it's fair because you get the big fights where you always get the top guys versus each other, but then you get these opportunities for someone that people probably wouldn't get behind honestly. And uh, you know I love to see it and fighting so tough it's such a tough sport that like someone that commits their time and commits that loses and commits to improving and all that and finally gets there that that has to be rewarded. It has to be big paydays behind that. And that's what UFC is good with. And I was thinking about boxing with Josh Taylor Ramirez. And it's like boxing always delivers when the best fight the best. And that's what you had here. You had the best fighting the best. And it delivered. And it would deliver like this weekend and week out if we had the best fighting the best all the time. But we don't have that in boxing right now. Is it getting better? I think so. I think the fights have been really good. I think we've been having some really good boxing fights, some really fun matchups, and some really important ones, which Josh Taylor and Ramirez was. The thing with the bouts, right, he's undisputed champ, right? And that people are saying, like, uh, I heard, well, they had Earl Spence and Pacquiao signed, which is a great fight, which is an amazing fight. It was a fight I'm excited to see. And I think that fight's bigger. It'll be the biggest win for Earl Spence's career if he beats Pacquiao. It'll be the biggest win. There's just no doubt about it. And I seen people complaining because they were saying, well, he was almost undisputed and he had to fight Ugas. And I'd rather see him fight Ugas, right? I, I, okay, right. I No, me personally, I, 
No. I think most people in the world, no, they'd rather see him fight Pacquiao. And I get you guys is a damn good fighter, but he's not Pacquiao. He doesn't bring to the table what Pacquiao brings to the table, the resume that Pacquiao has. Even Pacquiao old, he just beat Keith Thurman. Well, two years ago, he beat Keith Thurman. So he's not like he's coming out for loss or anything. The belts in this fight, right, Josh Taylor Ramirez, is undisputed. That's awesome. But the reason why, to me, why that was interesting, like say if it was, well, I'll put it this way, Terrence Crawford was undisputed, right? was undisputed champ. When he got those belts, I wasn't excited for that fight. I wasn't like, oh, man, it's going to be a tough fight. No, I was like, Terrence Crawford's going to get that and because he's the best fighter at that weight class. But the reason why Josh Taylor Ramirez, to me, was like, exciting fight it wasn't because it was a four titles run line it was because it was the two best guys and we knew those two best guys and they met up the bouts are it's cool like it was cool that josh won he had all the bouts wrapped around him that was cool that's the way it should be the best two best guys fight that should be all the bouts right there that should mean the most but if they weren't there that wouldn't change my opinion on that fight it was still the, still the two best guys fighting each other that's what we need we need the two best guys fighting each other i want to Put a list together. Two best guys ever wait. Fight each other. That's it. We should have two best guys, most interesting matchups, guys eliminating each other for title shots every weekend. It shouldn't be tune-ups. We don't need tune-ups. The guys should fight the best guy and get paid the most they possibly can at that moment. These tune-up things, these uh, fillers, they stay busy fights, they're a waste of time. They're a waste of, they kill uh, They kill your, your fan base. They kill uh, your career because you're still taking punishment. Even if you're dominating the guy, you're still shots. You're still going through training camp. You're still going through sparring. You're still losing time when you could be making fights. Josh Taylor just went through Progress. He went through a whole tournament. He went through Ramirez. He's fought it all. And he look, at, he finally earned it. He's top dog. He's about to get paid fat in his next fight. And he, to me, they're saying, like, you know, uh, uh, you know, welcome home fight. If someone's willing, like, so say... He goes to fight at home and it's a big crowd and there's money behind it. Then, okay, do it, right? But to me, I'm like, bring Terrence Crawford next. He's on a run. He's at his best right now. Boxing is not forever. It isn't. And it ends quicker than you. It ends like a thief in the night. You got to strike with iron's hot. MMA got to strike with the iron's hot. Um, Oh, I do want to get Rob Fant. I think that him and Peter Yan is the best matchup at that weight. Aljamain Sterling's still there. Um, he's champ because of a DQ, but he was losing that fight. I think he's going to fight Jan again. I think Jan will run through Aljamain Sterling this time, like he was last time. And I think him and Font is like, I mean, you, that's that's an excellent fight. The Font is, he's got tools. He's not just a power hitter, you know what I mean? He's got He's skilled. He's a skilled guy in that jab. So they were saying, like, whose jab was better, him or Usman's? And I think Usman's is more technically better, but the Font, like, and Usman knocked out people with the jab, but Fon's jab looks like it just breaks people's face. Like, when they get hit with it, like, it just changes their whole damn demeanor. It really does. So, him versus Peter Yan, to me, is, like, that that weight class right now. And with Cody, Cody's accepted defeat now. Like, I, I just, to me, he's going to be a guy that's kind of, like, like, I think he's a guy for Sean O'Malley now. Like, I think Sean O'Malley... That's the that's probably a, a fight for him to like put him at that next day the step for like close to a title shot like that's the fight like him and Cody Cody's gonna be like a stepping stone guy now and it just happens it happens like I said it happens overnight fighting's not forever and Cody went from champ to you know anyone with power was starting to put him out 
to now he felt power and he he had known he had known what it had done to him before and he accepted defeat and now he's probably gonna fight Sean O'Malley and he's just gonna be that guy now. I think he's gonna be a win some lose some type of guy and and it's crazy how that happens. It's crazy that you know like at one point. You know, the UFC thought he was going to be a star, and at one point, everybody thought he was going to be a star, and everybody thought, you know, his hands were going to be too much for everyone, and look at now, like, he couldn't even get anything really going against Font. He couldn't. He could not. And with that model, like, the UFC has, like, I'm telling you, like, you fight all these guys, there's going to be guys that come out of nowhere that are going to be champs. And you're not going to be able to see it. And it's because they're growing all the time. It's not like football where you watch 16 games and like every week you see the growth. No, it's like he fights and then there's like three or four months he's training and there's growth happening. And then he fights again and you're just like, I can't believe this. And that's what Esparza does. Like she just like fights and you're like, oh crap, like she's good. She's better. Now like she's like, oh, she's a threat to the title. Like her takedowns like are, are serious and she's control on top is serious. Just great weekend fights. Josh Taylor, just an enormous talent. And if, you know, I, there's, you know, people are against low on European fighters, but this dude is something special. And he has a talent and skill and ability and athleticism to, if they fight Sarah Crawford, that's a good fight. And if he fights Teofimo Lopez, that's a great fight. And those are all close fights. And those are, should not be disregarded as like easy wins for, the Americans, they're not, they really aren't, it's not an easy win for the Americans, it's a tough fight, and I know he gets hit, and I know that thing, but he can also, he's also skilled enough to to not get hit, like, if that, that makes sense, he's so skilled that, with his offense, he believes in so much that it allows him to get hit, but he's skilled enough to kind of limit that as well, great, great, great weekend of fights, we've had it, it it's just going to keep going, it's just going to keep rolling right now, but I enjoyed it. Thanks for listening, guys. This is the Mouthpiece Podcast.